is City AM Unregulated. I'm Emma Hazlitt. On this week's show, how to make millions out of Christmas. We're joined by CEO of Soundout, David Courtier Dutton. For probably two years now, Spotify has been the most important marketing tool. Getting on radio, yes, it's important, but radio, I don't know about you, but radio is diminishing. E17 star and songwriter, Tony Mortimer. I mean, I've heard Radio 2 pay something like 90 pound for one spin. You're not going to get that on YouTube. I think, you know, if I was sitting down to write a Christmas song, it would include the word Christmas. It would be a party happy theme um, and reflective. Hello and welcome to City AM Unregulated. This week, it's our Christmas special. Don't worry, we are staying true to our roots and equipping you with the very useful professional development tools you need to write a Christmas number one. I'm joined in the studio by founding member of E17 and the man who wrote Stay Another Day, Tony Mortimer. And we've got David Courtier Dutton, CEO of Soundout, the product testing and trend analysis company. OK, guys, let's cut to the chase. What makes a good Christmas single? I think it's, I think it's very difficult to kind of pigeonhole that, you know, otherwise we'd all be writing it a certain way. But I think Christmas is a reflective time and I always feel that, you know, people are out, they're having a drink and they're sort of all lovey-dovey. So um, that's kind of why I worked with a ballad. Um, although I didn't plan it for Christmas, it just turned out to be uh, a Christmas hit. Um, other than that, I think you'd have to include the word Christmas. My song doesn't. But <laughs> I, I think, say. I think, you know, if I was sitting down to write a Christmas song, it would include the word Christmas. It would be a party happy theme um, and reflective. Some jingle bells. You can always put them in at the end just to get the spirit going. Yeah. <laughs> David, what did the trends show you? Well, I think uh, Christmas hits from our perspective are, are very difficult to predict because mm, it's mm. often not about the song. It's often a novelty song or a charity song. Um, and as Tony says, it's often about the feelings and emotions around Christmas rather than the strength of the song itself. And that's why the likes of Mr Blobby can get to number one <laughs> occasionally. Yeah. Uh, and it's totally random, whether it's Rage Against the Machine or whatever. That there, are, there are so many different things going on around Christmas number one. So I don't think there is a formula. I think there are several formulas, but it has to stand out, whether it's the person singing it, um, the words, the character. It's not just about the song and about the artists themselves. There's got to be more going on. I mean, do you think at this time of year, people are looking for a cert certain formula in their song, certain chorus, certain hook? I feel like Christmas number ones are usually like a big cuddle. If I was going to analyse it, I'd say that it'd be background music that's nice and it raises the mood and raises the spirit and gets people thinking in a certain way because people are so preoccupied and busy at this time of year. They'd like some escapism, I think. I mean, Stay Another Day, was that mm. wasn't even supposed to be a single, was no, it? No, I wrote it in August in a steamy and hot studio. <laughs> in a bit like this one, in August. Um, but the record company came in and heard it and they said that's a Christmas number one and lots of people had said that. So I was like, OK, I don't see it. But it did. It turned out to be a really big one. And at the end of the day, it will d depend on the public. They will choose at the end of the day and you can put your X Factors up there or whatever, but they will choose... You know, and then you end up with the Rage Against the Machine or whatever. <laughs> yeah. How does it feel, though? How does it feel to be standing there as on you get, top of the pot? As you get older, I'm loving the song now because it, I didn't know what it meant. It was Christmas number one, and but it hasn't gone away, and it's 22 years later, and it's up there with some of my favourite songs of all time, the Greg Lake song and John Lennon and all sorts. Fairy Tale of New York. 
you know, and I, I'm very humbled and I don't, you know, associate with them, but I am in there slightly and I, it's, I'm really proud to be in there. Does it, has that acted as a kind of pension for you as it kept you going? I guess it will do when I get there. I'm not there yet. I know you, you're going to disagree, but I'm not there yet. Uh, it might do, but there's been so many changes in the industry financially. Um, you, you can't predict what it'd be like in the future, and I'd certainly be um, a, a bit of a financial fool if I was to rely on that and wait for that to happen in case it didn't when I needed it most. So I've put my own little pensions in place. So I, I've got the, the top of the pops list of Christmas number ones here for, go. you know, what makes the most each Christmas. And Merry Christmas, Everybody by Slade, disappointingly, is at number one. That's probably my least favourite. Um, <laughs> followed by Fairy Tale of New York, which is a great one. And then Stay Another Day at number 10. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So that's, that's great for it to be in there, you know, and, and the public like it. The public like it. So I, who am I to argue? It's just great. I love it. And Carly Minogue's covered it this year, which is odd, but really? she's done it. It's great. And I'm fascinated. What, 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 on the royalties from year one, when obviously it was massive and he's 17, are they diminishing? Or is oh, yeah, pretty, yeah. Or could you set your top No, down? no, they're diminishing. Um, they seem to have tailed off now, but over the last 10, 15 years, they really took a drop when YouTube came out. Yeah. Because right now people would be buying, oh, I love that song. I'm going to go to the record shop and I'm going to go and buy it. I love it. But yeah. now they, they don't need that. So they can just go online and they listen to it continuously. And you look at the hits, the hits are millions online. Now, that's not, that wouldn't sort of go directly to record sales because it's, yeah. you know, people sitting at their computer and they've got the ease and they can just switch onto it. So there's a huge percentage, which is that. But yeah, it's tailed off massively since uh, YouTube, thanks to YouTube and right. Spotify and all that sort yeah. of stuff. And David, what, what kind of thing are your listeners looking or your reviewers looking for at this time of year? At this time of year, I think they're just looking for a bit of fun. They do like a bit of mm, Christmas. Mm. I mean, as I say, we have one and a half million of them online. And um, come sort of mid-November, we start uploading the Christmas songs. And to be entirely honest, it doesn't matter how they rate and what people think of them because they have a, a life of their own. Yeah. Whether it's Cruz Beckham um, or, <laughs> yeah. or um, you know, a charity song or the X Factor, who knows what's going to be number one. But they all they pick up momentum in the last couple of weeks, don't they? Is Christmas number one as important as it used to be in, you know, when, when Tony achieved it? Or is it kind of because of the, the volume of stuff of, that's available and the way we listen, has that changed? I think it's fragmented massively, uh, and that's Spotify and Deezer and all those different online platforms and YouTube. So everyone is in their, in their Christmas cliques. Yes, there is the one that is blasting out across Tesco, Asda and Morrison's. Actually, I was in Tesco this morning, and the women behind the meat, meat counter were all singing, and it was awful. But <laughs> leaving that aside, um, there is there is still the mainstream, but I would argue that the mainstream is far compressed to how it used to be, and, and yeah. it's generational as well. I, I feel a little bit like it's a, a closed club now because the sort of the golden era of Christmas songs going back to the 60s, 70s, 80s and 90s has sort of closed a bit now because of the change in, you know, all the technology that's gone on with YouTube and stuff. And I think it's a little bit, it's very hard for people to get into that club now. And if you do have a Christmas number one, will it have the effect that it used to have, you know, when it made people's Christmases? A song used to make people's Christmas. You know, I remember the uh, Wham! last Christmas and when that came out that was the song for Christmas but at the moment as you say it's fragmented and it's diluted now it's quite difficult I think but you got in there I'm in there You're I mean the I closed the door behind me see what I've done <laughs> I came in and I got in I, it was almost the last yeah I said quick close the door before they let us out <laughs> so how important is it these days to artists to have that 
Christmas number one. Mm. Um, I, I wouldn't assume it's that important if you're a really cool band. I think yeah. Christmas is such a it's a happy time, it's a festive time, and I think it takes away coolness from your image if you're <laughs> Christmas number one, you know. But if you get it right, then you, you obviously you can hang around for a long time and be in the psyche for years to come. It's probably what closed the door of coolness to darkness, wasn't it? They yeah. Did that, that yeah, and his voice. Song. Yeah. And his high pitched <laughs> falsetto. <laughs> The Spice Girls had cool. what three Christmas number ones? Yeah, they were quite cheesy, anyway. So that was don't ever yeah. say that about the Spice Girls. <laughs> don't you ever? They're a very serious ever. band. I love the Spice Girls, but there's some songs that the government, the government, <laughs> the, I'm sorry. There's some songs that the public, not the government, that was another interview earlier, the public take into their hearts, don't they? And there's loads of songs you think, oh, that was a Christmas number one, but I don't remember it as a Christmas number one. And then there's other songs that weren't even Christmas number ones and they're Christmas hits. So the way that people launch um, songs, particularly, I mean, I'm thinking since the X Factor came along, has that changed, especially around this time of year? I think X Factor took control of Christmas in what early early two thousands. Yeah, bad and times. They had about five or six. It became de rigueur that it was just going to be the X Factor number one. And mm -hmm. I imagine I don't know, but I imagine everyone else gave up for a while. I think we've still given up, haven't we? <laughs> it will come back at some point. And I think X Factor just wanted that Christmas number one because they know once they've got a Christmas number one, it will last forever and ever and ever. But like, it's going back to that thing again with the public. The public will choose in the mm -hmm. end of what they want and they will rebel against it. If you force something down their neck, they'll rebel against it and go for something completely different. Is there resentment against that in the industry and, and among your I reviewers? I bet there is if you're not on Psycho or Sony. Yeah. It's really quite irritating. It's but, probably irritating yeah. if you're on it as well because they don't do yeah, much exactly. after Christmas, do they? The, label, the, they? the last singer, what was her name? Louisa Johnson. Johnson. Fantastic. She had everything. And then they kind of they don't go on to be that star that you're expecting. It goes out of fashion very quick. It's like right, who's the next? And as soon as the next X Factor comes along, the last one seems a little bit out of date. Although it's only twelve months. Moving just away from Christmas for a moment, the, we've done a lot of dull but interesting work around machine learning and hit prediction in the U.S. market right. um, over the last twelve months uh, to try and unpick what makes a, a hit song. Yeah. And how important is the artist? How important is the artist popularity, the label, the past history of hits for the same artist, etc., etc. Right, right. And very broadly speaking, a third is the song. So how good is the song? Mm -hmm. right. A third is the social media popularity of the artist. Okay. So if you are someone like Zoella, you, you know, you're not, you've got that bit, but you haven't got the history of hits mm -hmm. and you probably don't have a good song. But if you fuse all three together um, and sort of tell you, with East 17... Uh, your history of hits and a knockout song you have and looking really great Thank in a white you, yeah. parka did you like that the Eskimo look <laughs> that's always that a winner baby if you got to go away don't think I could take the pain won't you stay another day I feel like we've given our listeners the tools to write their Christmas hit now I want to move on to the marketing side. You just mentioned very quickly social media just then. I mean, has digital marketing changed the way that people get their songs out there? Uh, it certainly has. I don't know so much in the UK, so we don't work so much in the UK, but with the US labels, yeah, I mean, 
for probably two years now, Spotify has been the most important marketing tool. Mm -hmm. And now play, getting on playlists and getting on the right playlists and the right number of spins because it, it causes momentum. Mm -hmm. um, YouTube views, people have been playing YouTube. And when I say playing, I mean manipulating YouTube for the last five years or so. And people have smartened up to that to a certain extent. But it's about getting on the right playlists, the right people's playlists, the right uh, mood playlists, the right online radio, where the lazy listeners on Spotify, etc. That's me. Yes, we'll just click it on. That's really how you push it. Getting on radio, yes, it's important. But radio, I don't know about you, but radio is diminishing very rapidly in terms of a hit making. It is. I mean, financially, then you'd want it on radio as opposed to YouTube. Does radio pay more? Yeah, a lot more. 30, yeah. 40 quid a spin? Yeah, it can really? be. I mean, I've heard mm. Radio 2 pay something like £90 for one spin. Yeah. You're not going to get that on YouTube. So in and back in our day, <laughs> it was about radio playing. If you got on the A-list and stuff back then, you was guaranteed 10 plays a day from that radio station alone. And playlist, I remember my manager saying that radio plays almost, if not more important, than record sales for the amount of revenue it generates. Yeah. But that's changed now. And as you say, radio has really diminished, but it's kind of kept its pocket with online and it's kind of working with it now and there's digital radios and stuff. So are you quite comfortable with Spotify? Or, I mean, I know there are a lot of artists that really don't like it at all. Well, I've I've got used to it and I've accepted it's there. It's technology. It's the way the young people want to get their music now and you have to accept it uh, when it first started and when youtube first started it was it wasn't good it was really illegal and stuff compared to how things used to be run but it's the new thing nowadays so i mean do you find that you get paid a, a lot less than you would I, have what from from radio and things like that and you know from cd sales it's gone down and now it seems to have stabilized at a pitiful level. At a pitiful <laughs> level that just covers my petrol. <laughs> but, you know, hey, it's about making music, man. <laughs> I mean, do, do we just have to accept that? Because I remember being, you know, 15 or 14 years old and buying CDs and it would take, like, three weeks for me to save up for one CD, mm. for one album. Mm. And now I can just go on Spotify and get it. Yeah. Is that just the new normal? Is that just I think what it we is need the new to normal. accept? It is. It's new it's normal. Be. It's like Uber cars, isn't it? It's the new thing. Kids now don't use the word taxi. They use the word Uber. It's becoming a language. And I think it is now just the normal, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And and the, also the, the whole march of uh, the online streaming services. I got given an Amazon Echo for my birthday. Have you heard oh. of these things? No. They're little black jazzy. tubes that they, they typically sit in the kitchen and she's called Alexa. Oh, I've seen, yeah, and yeah, yeah. You've seen the adverts? Oh, yeah. She's yeah. way better than the adverts. Really? Absolutely really? astonishing bit of kit. Fantastic. It is like having a slave. It's just <laughs> amazing. And you just say, Alexa, play uh, Stay Another Day. And she goes, bling, Stay Another Day. And then she plays it. And then you go, more like that, Alexa. And she'll just... Really? Oh, fantastic. Uh, and do then they get it wrong, well, though? Very rarely. Because it's like when I do my could... phone and I'm like, phone mum, you want to phone a pizza? No. <laughs> phone mum, I've called you a cab. <laughs> no, it's very good. It's very yeah, good. good I ask her what, how, what my commute's going to be like. She tells me which way to go. She, she, 
Ask her how many legs are on a horse. It. She does. She tells See, it's it. laziness. We she, love it. And she tells you jokes. If you say, tell me a joke, she'll just keep telling you jokes all day. Oh, that is but, superb. Okay, so I've got Siri on my phone. Yeah. And my See, I didn't want to name him, but he's pretty useless. I asked well, her about exactly. Siri last night, and she said, I said, did she like Siri? And was there anything going on? And she What's said Siri? that she likes all forms of AI. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> is there anything going on you want to talk about? <laughs> exactly. Is it serious? <laughs> so my brother's called John and my husband's called John and I say phone John and Siri there you cannot go. deal with it. He just can't he goes, deal John with it. John or John and I go John. <laughs> but that's technology and that's where it's going and you do accept it and you've got yeah. to embrace it and it is what it is now. I have to ask this question on this podcast because we ask it of everyone but I get to do a funny pun for this one. How do we feel about Brexit? Should we stay another day? Oh, I saw what you did there. That was just good, didn't you? Yeah, that got used in the campaign for a little bit. Yeah, it did. Should, it well, did. I, I voted to stay. Did you? But I was obviously the minority. But how's it going to affect the music industry? I, any more than it is affected? I don't know. Fewer American imports? It's it, it's global now, isn't it? The it's internet and everything. Yeah, it's all streamed, so I don't think it will affect it. Um, I think just the way you get music has been affected now. It's online, mm. it's... That's that's if yeah, I think it'll be the same. Yeah, they'll buy lots and lots of music from us, and we won't buy any music from yeah. them. Guys, you know a lot of our listeners are getting ready for 2017. Um, David, I'll start with you. What what are going to be the big trends next year? I think self-driving cars. I think it's going to be massive. Yeah, so very exciting. We have millions of uber drivers who've just dumped their careers to drive people around <laughs> and they are all about to get fired which is not good news for them it might not happen next year but certainly the billi- literally billions tens of billions being poured in by amazon google and the rest into self-driving will make it happen the other one which i touched on earlier is voice recognition i have seen the future and she lives in my kitchen and it is astonishing um and but i've got builders in at the moment and they they bumped into Alexa yesterday. They cannot stop talking to her and shouting Fantastic. at her through the window and changing the music and asking what the weather's going to be like. And awesome, um, that's brilliant. I th- yeah, I think that's she's definitely year. she's definitely a trend for next year. Yeah, everyone will have one by the end of January. Okay. Yeah. And what about you, Tony? What are you? Well, thinking? I would have said that about the um, non-drivers in the cars. I think next year vegetarianism and veganism. What? That's yes. Left field? It is a bit, isn't it? And I'm a big meat eater, but I think we're discovering more about animals and how how much we don't need it and how much we can actually survive without the P word, protein, because it's in everything and it's in it's in like porridge and stuff. So I think that's going to get bigger and bigger. It's certainly getting bigger in my life. What's going to be Christmas number one? Tony. Kylie, stay another day. Yes. Ooh. Oh. I think, unfortunately, <laughs> very boringly, I think it's probably going to be X Factor. What's it called, Matt? What's it called? Matt, Matt Terry, that's the guy. <laughs> Not Matt Carter. Or, um, I don't know, outsider, the office, my office thinks Cruz Beckham will nail it, but I don't know. Yeah, I've seen Cruz Beckham, or it could be a complete outsider that the public just go, let's go for this. Well, I think we are coming to time, so I'm going to wrap up. All righty. Um, so I wanted to ask you each one more question, and I will start with you, David. What is your favourite Christmas song and why? Oh, it's got to be Stay Another Day, because it's not too cheesy, it's got real depth of emotion, and I don't want to get hit. <laughs> so I thought he was being serious I thought oh my god someone actually likes it a lot of people like mine it. changes mine used to be up until recently Fairy Tale of New York I oh, love that song I love it and but at the moment Greg Lake I believe in Father Christmas that's just nudging it for me 
Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. City AM Unregulated is going to take a little break now until after the new year. But tune back in then when we've got our first show of the year. Starting on a high note, surviving a scandal. They said there'll be snow at Christmas. They said there'll be peace on earth. But instead it just kept on raining. A veil of tears for the virgin birth. I remember one Christmas morning. A winter's light and a distant choir. And the peal of a bell on that Christmas tree smell. Thanks to Tony Mortimer and David Courtier Dutton. This has been City AM Unregulated. Get unregulated on cityam.com, subscribe with iTunes, Audio Boom, or use RSS with your favourite podcast player. City AM Unregulated is an Audio Boom production.